This episode is brought to you by Vonage. Your business needs more than an 800 number. With Vonage Voice API, you can provide the call experience your customers expect and get the data your team needs. From call analytics and virtual assistance to automatic speech recognition and text-to-speech in multiple languages. Your customer service team can help more people in more places. And with in-app voice, your customers can easily contact you the moment they have a question. Take your calls to the next level with Vonage Voice API. Learn more at Vonage.com. Diablo 4 has arrived. As the forces of hell gather, only you can stand in their way. Journey across the expansive open world of Sanctuary. Choose from five powerful classes, then progress them to fit your playstyle. Adventure with your friends in up to four-player co-op with cross-play and cross-progression on all platforms. Welcome to hell. Diablo 4, available now. Rated M for Mature. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by KPMG. At KPMG, innovation is the go-to state of mind. Their visionary thinkers and advanced technology help you see beyond the now, uncover new insights, and turn them into opportunities. KPMG can help you leverage the value of data and drive transformational outcomes through innovation. To explore their thinking, go to kpmg.us. Hi guys, welcome back to your favorite podcast, Skincare Anarchy, and wow, do I have a guest for you today. I am so, so honored, so humbled and excited to host this specific individual because um, one of his products was actually, I think, one of the first serums I ever tried, and it was from a YouTuber that I was following at the time, and I I saw the brand, and I was like, I've got to try it. So ever since then, I got hooked onto hyaluronic acid, and then you know, rest is history. So without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to um you know the chief chemist, one of the most legendary chemists of our time in skin health, um, and also someone who is leading the team um, for innovation at Epicutus. So Masanori Tamura, welcome to the show, yeah. Marky. I'm so excited to host you. Okay, thank you so much. Yeah, so, but that, let me say uh, the first, thank you so much for inviting and hosting me today. I'm so sorry to be here. Thank oh, you. It, it is it is truly my honor. I am such a huge fan of your work, and I can't wait to dive into all of the science. But first, I want to learn all about you, Marky. I want to learn all about your background and your, you know, everything, like how everything started with Hadalabo and um, now with Epicutus. You know, if you could yeah. walk us down memory lane. Of course, of course. So, so okay, uh, my name is, again, so my name is Masanori Tamura. Uh, so right now I am the VP of Product Development at Signal Bioscience, also the chief formulator of Epicutus Skincare. So, so actually like a two, 2023 is my 20 years anniversary of my career as skincare formulators. So I can't believe I'm just saying 20 years. So yeah. like my first 10 years in Japan and another 10 years in the US. So I started my career at Lotto Pharmaceutical in Japan. So Lotto Pharmaceutical is a big Japanese pharma companies, which owns a lot of skincare brands, as well as well recognized as world number one eye drop manufacturers. Mm. So this is where I developed hyaluronic acid skincare brand named Hadalabo. Mm. 
Yeah. It was like a 2004 or 2005. So at, at, you knew this Hadalabo, right? Yeah, yeah. How did you how did you know that Hadalabo? So I I actually discovered Hadalabo through um there was a YouTuber at the time and this was when no oh. one was talking about skincare actually Marky and I was very interested you know I wanted to find the best brands and this specific influencer she was very very um into skin health you know really the facts and she recommended Hadalabo and I was like oh my gosh I have to try this brand and then I remember I remember just getting so excited and and trying the formula and just falling in love so it was it was like a huge eye-opener for me when i first tried your product um yeah <laughs> so oh my yes i'm so glad to hear that because i always ask american people if they know how to level when i have a chance but yeah. that actually not many people know that say yes so right. it's always made me sad but uh so i i want to explain about how the level first so yes as you know, like hyaluronic acid is everywhere in the United States right now, right? Every yeah. single skincare product there's a hyaluronic acid. But uh, but uh, did you know Japan is the first place hyaluronic acid was utilized in the skincare? Did you know that? No. Wow. So actually, hyaluronic acid the booming in the skincare started from Japan. It's like a 2000 around. The more specifically say it's starting from Hadalabo. Yeah. And the more specifically say it's starting from me. I would wow. say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. So because like that, so, so hyaluronic acid used to be very, very expensive. Yeah. But uh, so around like 2000, so, so Japan's company established to mass production of the hydronic acid by fermentation method. So mm. because Japan, do you like it? Like, do you like a sushi? Yeah, well, I've had sushi. I'm not, I can't eat um, any seafood, but I do like sushi. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah. in, so when you eat the sushis, like a, you, you're going to use soy sauce. Right. Yes. So yeah. in Japan, a lot of food is made by fermentation, a lot of food. So yeah. that's why we have a lot of fermentation technologies. So that's why the, so we Japanese companies making uh, a lot of hyaluronic acid by fermentation technologies. That's why. So Japan is really big from the hyaluronic acid. Interesting. Yes. And then actually like a, Hadalabo, uh, we launched had a, a lot of pharmaceutical launch Hadalabo in like 2004 and five, and then Hadalabo got a big success in Japan, and it became Japan number one skincare brand around 2007 or 2008. So, yeah. and it was sold every two seconds. The product, wow. like a, pan, pan, pan. it's it's that sounds cool, right? Yeah. And then, so we started to launch Hadalabo at Asian different countries around 2008. So like going to China, Korea, Taiwan, so Malaysia, Indonesia, and so on. So, yeah. so every time, so with Hadalabo international expansions, it gave, it's gave a lot of international exposure to me. So every time we launch Hadalabo at different countries, 
I visited there to present story behind the brand. So it was so fun. Right. And then at the moment, so I think you know, you know, in the even right now in the United States. So yeah. many skincare brands saying, so we have different molecular size of hyaluronic acid. Yes, like a, yes. We have high molecular weight, medium molecular weight, like a small molecular weight, and then it's gonna be like a multi-layer moisturizations. Everybody doing in the United States, right? Right, right. But the, actually, we studied that kind of like a stories from in, in the other levels. Yeah. Because because we successfully control the molecular weight of hyaluronic acid, like a 2000, around 2000. And then also we develop like a, a lot of different derivatives of hyaluronic acid. So adding different function to the hyaluronic acid, more like not only moisturization, but also the wound healing or that kind of stuff. That's why. That's so interesting. I, I don't want to interrupt you, but I, I want to ask you this because, I mean, you are literally the person to ask about, you know, hyaluronic acid is that the, when I discovered the ingredient, I didn't know anything about it, you know, at the time. Like, I was yeah. so confused. But, like, one thing, you know, everyone was talking about was this, you know, this idea that we still talk about, which is that um, it retains water, you know, it's going to hold water a thousand times more, you know, than normal. Yeah. And so that was the first exposure I had as a consumer, you know, to understanding yeah. scientifically what it's doing. But, you know, I, I really want to learn from you, like, what is the purpose of the different, um, you know, molecular weights of hyaluronic acid? And what, why do we want, you know, with formulations, I, I've noticed, you know, you with your formulations, you also have like four different uh, types of hyaluronic acid, right? In your, yeah. in your Hadalabo, um formula. So what is the role of that? You know, these different sizes. So it's with different size, can penetrate different layer of the skin. Okay. So, so basically, like regular high, it, it's, it's called high molecular weight of hyaluronic acid. It's like a, like a one point, like a more than one million, uh, one million Dalton molecular weight. That is mm -hmm. very high. So, yeah. that kind of like a high molecular weight hyaluronic acid doesn't penetrate at all. It stays on the skin. Right. But but even stay on the skin, they have a purpose because the high molecular weight hyaluronic acid can protect on the skin and then to stop evaporating water from the skin, inside the skin. And also mm -hmm. it's gonna help skin barrier. Yeah. Right? So it's like a protection but, mechanism. Yeah. Exactly. That makes it's yeah. like a we call hyaluronic bay, hyaluronic acid bay on skin. Yeah. But so what about what about the yeah. lower ones then? The smaller, so the smaller uh, types, they go into the skin. They're able to penetrate. Yeah, like uh, can go penetrate. It depends on the molecular weight. Yeah, but uh, like uh, it can go penetrate into the like uh, uh like so go to the like uh, so surface of the skin, but the stair can be uh, can go into the epidermis, something like that. But uh, so one thing you need to care, what uh, we need, you need to care about is if the hyaluronic acid, so low, very low molecular weight hyaluronic acid, it's like a less than 500. Yeah. It might be work as pro-inflammatories 
agent. Oh, wow. Yes, okay. that's why. So you need to care. You need to be careful about that. So that's why I'm always say not go to the too much low molecular weight hyaluronic acid. So you need to be careful about this. So let's say like a maybe more than more than ten k molecular weight. Yeah, like a more like a more than ten k to like a one million. So you weight. want we want the hyaluronic to be sitting on top of our skin. That's the best way. Then would you agree to utilize it or no? So actually, uh, do you know the lipid serum of the epicutis? Yeah. We're using like a high molecular weight hyaluronic acid, which can stay on the skin, and then it's gonna be the protecting the skin. Mm, this is the one way uh, of the hyaluronic acid. But at the same time, you can use like a mid-size of hyaluronic acid, more than 10,000 molecular weight, which can penetrate inside skin, and then it's to keep moisture, mo moistures uh, yeah. inside the skin. Now, Margie, I want to know in terms of just hyaluronic acid, you know, because this is such a huge ingredient now, like you said, you know, America, like, you know, we, the American markets blew up, you know, with this information when it came to the U.S., you know, everyone was saying you have to have hyaluronic acid in your skincare routine. It's a must, you know, and it's so many brands, you know, to this yeah. day are marketing the whole skincare line around hyaluronic acid. So my biggest question is really, you know, what is the difference between just buying a product that is a hyaluronic acid product versus buying a formula that has it in the formula, but it's not just that, you know, it's got everything else also in there. Is there a difference in terms of stability or uh, efficacy of the hyaluronic when you combine it with other ingredients in a, in a serum or something? Yes. For, yes. For example, so, you know, uh, skin also having ability to produce like a hyaluronic acid. So yeah. inside the skin. Yeah. So, so, so for example, we, we have like signum have like a, the botanical extract, which called like a chia sheet extract. So which is, which is formulated in the epicutis, like a high beer cream. Yeah. So for example, chia sheet oil have like a, have a, like an enhancement of the hyaluronic acid production inside the skin. Interesting. So, Interesting. Yeah. so we can provide hyaluronic acid itself from the skincare, but at the same time, we can provide uh, the active ingredient which can promote the hyaluronic acid productions. So skin already have the abilities. Yeah. Yeah, and that's so interesting because, you know, um, I know what you mean, like the hyaluronic for everyone listening, you know, um, I think all of us are kind of aware now that, you know, the hyaluronic is in the dermal layers. It's it's really there for the scaffolding reason, you yes. know, like, yes. so, so I, my biggest question then is that what is the difference between the hyaluronic acid that our body is naturally producing for that scaffolding purpose versus what we utilize in skincare? You know, is there a different purpose or is it really that we're trying to mimic because it doesn't, you know what I mean? It doesn't make sense if we do it topically 
Typically, things work differently, as you know, you know, than if we ingest them. So what is your biggest advice, you know, to consumers when they're utilizing this ingredient and, you know, what they should be doing with it rather than just assuming it's, you know what I mean, going into the yeah. skin and, yeah, but, yeah. But, but the, I understand. So that's why actually the Epicutis, uh, we're going to use, so uh, we're offering two products, like lipid serum and the uh, Hybea cream. Because, yeah. so in the lipid serum, we're going to provide high molecular weight hyaluronic acid, which is kind of like a hyaluronic acid base. So it's like a protection of the skin. But uh, like it never go into the, the dermis. Right. That's why in the Hybea cream, we're going to provide chill sheet oil, uh, which can enhance like a hyaluronic acid production in dogs. So that is a way we provide hyaluronic acid, like a moisturization from the boss product. That's interesting. Now, so what are some of the things that you say, like, okay, so hyaluronic acid itself is making this film on top of the skin and it's protecting it. But then what is it that we can also use? Like, you know, for example, let me, let me give you the example. I'm thinking, you know, when I remember a few years ago, polyglutamic acid became this huge thing, right? Then everyone was saying that, you know, it's this, it's even better than hyaluronic, you know, it's, it's got more hydration potential, all this stuff, you know, but really, you know, it comes back to the same question is, is it really better, you know, or is it just this idea that a humectant is a humectant and that's it? You know, I, I want I want to know, you know, really, is there a difference? Because in this industry, what I know, and I'm sure you've seen it, there's so much marketing, you know, unlike, yeah. brands, you know, you've worked for brands that are really and you've you've created these products that are really efficacious. But unlike your formulations, there are many out there that are just saying, you know, marketing stuff. Right. So yeah. consumers are getting confused. They're thinking, oh, if I I do this or if I add this much hyaluronic and and on top of that I add the polyglutamic acid I will have this amazing dewy glowy skin but is that really <laughs> necessary you know like is it that's yeah. what I want to know <laughs> oh, okay so it, it's it's actually a good question so because so so hyaluronic acid so big to become so big and so famous that's why so everybody using like a Everybody want to compare with hyaluronic acid. This ingredient is better than hyaluronic acid. This is better than hyaluronic acid, right? But yeah. uh, so basically, based on my knowledge, it's just no big difference. So actually, yeah. so but the hyaluronic acid is actually like a so human body already have hyaluronic acid inside, right? So the human body have like a family, familiar, familiar with hyaluronic acid. So there's a no risk about like allergy or something. So that's why I, I prefer to keep using hyaluronic acid. Right. And then, and then I'm not using like a, any other like for marketing purpose of the different like a, like a polymer or something. So the, I would, yeah, I would recommend because Hyaluronic acid, longer history to be utilizing to the skin, right? Yeah, there, that's there's more, more data. Yeah. More data, so that's why it's more safe. That, yeah. That, that's the reason I, I, I'm going to keep using hyaluronic acid for the moisturization. 
I love that. And that's that's a really good, I'm glad that you said that because I hope everyone listening, you took notes because we, you know, that's that's my biggest problem, right? As, as a scientist, I also look at all of this marketing, you know, and all these brands and everyone is selling these, you know, big words and saying, oh, you know, you need this also, you need this. But I've never felt that, you know, as a consumer, if you have a good hyaluronic acid product, it's going to work and it's going to do its job. And then that's it. You can't expect hyaluronic acid to be doing what retinol is doing you know yes exactly you know so i you know with that i want to actually um ask you you know what has the journey been like for you transitioning from Adalabo and and the the culture in japan around skin health to the culture now in america around skin health what is the biggest differences you've seen you know um in both areas of the world and and you know any takeaways that you can share with us yeah actually it's it's a good question so because like I came to the United States like 10 years ago. Mm. So when I came to the United States, I was so excited, right? Yeah. Wow, the so United States is the world number one skincare market, right? And yeah. then like a center of the innovations. I was so excited. And then, but actually what I was surprised most was like a big, like a cosmetic regulation difference between Japan and the United States. So really? like, yeah, like a Japan government highly regulate cosmetics, right? But the, but the United States don't regulate much. So I, wow. I think like the United States is one of the least regulated countries regarding the cosmetics. So, so I'm gonna give you a couple examples. Yeah. So like a Japan government has the list of the preservative, which can be allowed to be used in the cosmetics with limited dose. Because like mm-hmm. a preservative is a very important factor of the formulation to keep product clean. But at the same time, it can be harmful to the skin. Right. So that is why like in Japan, we select preservative very carefully. And they even try to develop preservative free formulation in Japan. But oh, however, wow. however, in the United States, there's a no regulation about preservative. So it means yeah. it means that like a formulator can put any preservative with any amount. So that's scary. So, so, so of course, with a lot of preservative or or bacteria can can be killed in the formulation. But that yeah. is it, is it really safe to the skin? Yeah, that's, 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 see, that's an amazing point you made, because I always wondered that too, is like, too much preservative can kill your microbiome, can't it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, and then, and then like from like American customers perspective, so it is almost impossible to know how much preservative in the product, because no information on the package. Exactly, exactly. And you know what, this is, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting, but I'm so excited to hear you say this stuff, because this is exactly what I 
I have been thinking about it and I always wonder why scientists are not speaking up about this, honestly, Marky, because this idea of dosing is there in the East. You know what I mean? The the dose. It exists. Exactly. But in America, you don't see it on formulations. You don't see parts per million or international units of this. You know, you don't see those numbers. And I always wonder, you know, why? We should know these things because if you are, for example, you know, stepping away from hyaluronic acid thinking about something like retinol retinol is everywhere right everyone mm, is yeah. using retinol but no one is telling you how much retinol is in the formula it's they're just yeah. saying this is level one level two level three level four i don't know what that means you know yes. <laughs> like, actually, that really yes. yeah. yeah so, so actually, it's very interesting yeah actually i want to talk about retinol as well so so for example in japan and uh so in order to launch like a, some of the cosmetics product with like a certain cream, such as like retinol cream for anti-wrinkle or like a vitamin C serum with skin brightening cream. Yeah. So uh, we need to submit all like formulation ingredient information or like a stability data up to three years and then safety data to the Japan government. Wow. Then we need to get the approval. Yeah. So it will take years or like a couple of years. It's taking a lot of time. Right. But yeah. from the customer standpoint, from Japanese customer standpoint, they can use product without worry, right? Yeah. Because they know let no cream in three years later we work as the same as a fresh product because right. Japan government already debut all data and then give give the approval on it. See, that's that, very interesting because of right now, what I'm noticing in our industry here in America, just to contrast with what you said, is that a lot of brands will come up with an innovation and they immediately bring it to market. And I always exactly. wonder where the heck is the clinical data? You know what I mean? Like exactly. why why is that not required? It just it makes no sense. Every scientist in the world can agree that before we have data, we don't publish anything. There's no way, you know, and it should be the same for the for these over-the-counter products. But unfortunately, here we're not seeing that. But I really like the Japanese method that you've explained because I think that's how proper science could be done. You know, that, that's the essence of science. Exactly. So, exactly. So, in the United States, none of them are required. So, there's a no notification, no registration, no like approval system in the place. So, that's why there are so many retinol cream or vitamin C serum in the United States, right? Yeah. But from the customer standpoint, so there's a no way to know how long this retinol cream is stable or how long yeah. this vitamin C serum is stable because retinol or vitamin C is very unstable ingredient. So, yeah. so, so like it, it can be gone in like one week or one month, but the, but the customer believe it's gonna retinol stay on the product for at least like six months, one one year, right? Right, right. But that, no, that's but, a, that's a good point. That's yeah. a, a no data required in yeah. the United States. 
and you know you can you can claim anything also you know with retinol yeah. what i've noticed is that a lot of people say oh this is going to you know it's going to completely change your skin it's going to increase density of your skin honestly when i look into the research and i look at the real you know for the, for everyone listening when you really read the papers about retinol you mm -hmm. realize how old those studies are these are very yeah. old studies you know there's yeah. very few studies from 2020 and onwards about retinol so it's very important to understand that you know like there are things that are just older molecules or older formulations yeah. that we have now you know we've done better now you know like for example marky your work with epicutus i mean epicutus in my opinion is a leading brand you know what you've created there is so magical i absolutely love the lipid serum it's so good it makes your skin you. yeah it, i mean you see results it's it, the results are there and again the data is there so i as a consumer i don't have to worry about you know okay is this going to be good for me or not because i see it you know visibly i can see the difference so my question for you really here is you know yeah. what is your approach when you're coming to a new formulation and say you know say you want to create something new where do you you start with your homework you know in terms of what you want to do and what approach you want to take um from a formulation perspective so i think so for the base formulation because i've been uh so i want to make it like a more japanese standard right so yeah. in the japanese standard it's it has to be clean and it has to be like a, from the, like a preservative perspective and also that it has to be safe and also it has to be stable yeah so so for doing that like uh, actually for example if we pick up the retinol or vitamin c so so we need to formulate a lot of different ingredients a lot of ingredients we need to formulate in order to stabilize retinol or vitamin c yeah so these ingredients is not for the skin. These ingredients for the stabilizing the retinol or vitamin C. But that, mm. that ingredient is sometimes to be toxic. So I really don't wanna formulate the ingredient for retinol or vitamin C. I only I I wanna only formulate for the skin, good for the skin, right? Yeah, yeah. So actually, th that is why. So I love the signal. So, mm. so actually, when I when I met uh, with like Max Stock, yeah. who is CEO of the Signal Bioscience. So I I think yeah, you met with him before, right? Yeah, so yeah, I've interviewed he, Max. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He was in, in this podcast, and then. Uh, like that was like a 2016 i met with him because like a signal bioscience is like a biotech companies located in the princeton new jersey and they yeah. own the very unique and globally patented like an inflammatory compound known mm -hmm. as isopre isoprenyl cysteine so mm -hmm. which is developed by jeffrey stock who is a molecular biology professor of Princeton University? Wow. So, and then, uh, and then, like a, so, like a Signum, actually, Signum and the Lot Pharmaceutical have a long relationship to learn a lot of collaborative research. Right. But, right. but, I, I, but I, I haven't met with him in person 
until then. But the, the, the point is, so when we pick the active, so from my perspective, from my as skincare formulators, when I pick up the active, it has to be stable. And also it has to be clinically proven. And then also it has to be toxicology testing. Yes, yeah. It, it yeah. has to be like a more safety data on it. So right. that is what Signum is owning the data. Signum doing a lot of data. Yeah. This, that, I mean, their focus is on safety. That's, I love that. That's really yeah, good. Of yeah. course. And, but not only the safety, but also the efficacy as well. Right, right, right. Be, because yeah. like Signum is like a long history, like a 20 years history. But the most of the time, Signum developed the, the Develop the new drug development, doing the new drug development. So, right. like uh, through the, uh, the couple of NIH funding, right? So, yeah. because new drug development and cosmetic de development is totally different world. Right. right. Because for the new drug development, there's a, they require a lot of data, efficacy, safety, toxicology. So, and then the signal using same approach to the cosmetic product development. That's why, yeah. so signal has the very active, potent uh, anti-inflammatory ingredient, which has a lot of data. That's what I love. That's what I love for the signal and then I love for our compound. Yeah, and I love your formulation. I, I'm not gonna yeah, lie. I, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> Because the formulation is, because for the, as uh, a skincare formulator, it's always the most exciting moment to find ideal active ingredient, right? Yeah. So, so that's what I thought, this is it. This is one when I met with Max. Okay, this compound is my active. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna make special formulation with this active. So, that's so cool. I love that. That is, that is how uh, that is how I choose active and that this is how I the building of my formulations. I really love that. That's so cool. And that's truly in the spirit of science. I love that you've, you know, you, you have that in inbuilt in you as, you know, as a scientist, because that is, I think, doing justice to our consumers, to the people that are buying these products, because we rely on the, the formulators and the people who are behind the scenes to do due uh, diligence, right? I mean, that's part exactly. of like yeah and, and also the american culture you know going back to what we were talking about with like the regulations um i as a consumer knowing that things are not as regulated in this country i will much rather feel safe purchasing a formulation from a brand that i know the chemist is mm -hmm. extremely well versed in what they're doing you know what i mean rather than just random brand don't know who's making the product you know don't exactly. know don't, and there's so many brands like that nowadays. It just drives me crazy, you know. But I, I want to talk to you, Marky. I know that you guys just published a great paper, and um, it's I, for everyone listening. It's, it's I'm gonna link it with the concept art for this. But I want to talk about this paper, um, the new brightening botanical extract that you oh, wrote yes, about. Yes, if you could yes, tell us all so about much. that, yeah. Yes. So, so this is uh, the new skin brightening uh, botanical extract, which is. Bardock seed oil. Mm. So, uh, do you know the Bardock? 
Bardock C. Yeah, Bardock. Yeah, Bardock. Yeah, Bardock yes. So yeah. this is very famous for the Chinese hub. And then, and then actually, so our our approach to develop the new botanical extract is we always find active in the botanical extract. For example, so in this buttock seed oil, so we found like alucigeni, which is one of the flavonoid and the food ha uh, which has very strong skin brightening potency. So mm -hmm. we already know alucigeni is very strong have potency of the skin brightening. That's why, mm -hmm. and then uh, we, uh, we researched and then we found buttock seed, seed contain high amount of alucigeni. And then we, we make extraction from the buttock seed oil and then we try to enrich of the alucigeni. Mm. That make our extract is very unique because uh, we are developing enrichment, alucigeni enrichment buttock seed oil, which is nobody had. Yeah. And then, yeah. so we had like, we had in vitro testing and also in vivo testing. So where we, so you, do you know the kozik acid? Yeah, kozik uh, acid, yep. Yep. Yes, kozik acid is very famous skin brightening agent. Yes, yes. But the, but the problem of the kozik acid is a very strong uh, skin brightening agent, but it's also very irritation, making make, make uh, skin irritated. Right, right. This is the yeah. problem of the kozik acid. But uh, we found our uh, alucigen enriched uh, buttock seed oil. Uh, we call ABSO. So right. which is same potency as kozik acid, but uh, no side effect. Wow, that's that's that, really big. Yeah. So yeah. is it working on tyrosinase? Is it inhibiting the tyrosinase? Oh, no, di different mechanism. So okay. it's from more anti-inflammatory like uh, effect. I see. Okay. Yeah, because hyperpigmentation is. I feel like these days, you know, in the in the world of cosmetic chemistry, everyone talks about like tyrosinase inhibitors, you know, as the only thing that can work with hyperpigmentation. But I don't agree at all. You know. No. I think no. That, yeah. That's not true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I'm I'm glad that you're you're explaining that because honestly, anti-inflammatory, I mean, I'm a huge believer in that, you know, inflammation is there to show you that something is wrong, you know, in your whether it's in your skin, in your body, that's just what it is, you know. And I think a lot of times many brands or even consumers, they find these products that are just, you know, like you said earlier, you know, things can cause inflammation and you might not even know it, you know, such as too small of, you know, of a weight of hyaluronic acid or like you mentioned just now, kojic acid. But, you know, consumers aren't aware of that. They don't understand the role of inflammation. And so mm -hmm. it's really interesting to see in the, for something like hyperpigmentation, you want to have a more gentle approach, right? I mean, am I correct? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. that, that, that is very important because tyrosinase inhibitor is sometimes is very like strong and then it's sometimes very toxic. So yeah. that's why we want to use like anti-inflammatory -infl like a, the, the uh, efficacies. 
So because that is kind of our signal approach. So because so signal is the, our compound is very strong and inflammatory effect, not only ABSO, but also our IPC compound as well. Mm. And then because anti-inflammatory is, is kind of the, the basic cause of all anti-aging or anti the problem of the skin. Okay, because like uh, hyperpigmentations, the, the linker, everything came from like inflammations. Yeah, yeah, inflammation, and and it's also at the at the root of aging. You know, inflammation. Yeah. It's so that's that's very good. A good point that you made is that you guys are so focused on this anti-inflammatory, you know, uh, direction that you're going in with your formulations because it, it's now coming out more and more. Even in you know, uh, just normal physiology papers, you know, that I read from time to time, you know, um, in other areas, right, of health, mm -hmm. that inflammation is the number one contributor to aging. Whether that's yes. Your, you know, whether that's for your skin, whether it's your liver, whether it's your heart, it doesn't matter everywhere in the body. And so the more we can focus on anti-inflammation, the better off we're going to have uh, with our products and also with our overall results, you know, and, and that's something exactly. that I that that's i'm i'm behind you with that you know because the, it's real science there um now one thing i want to ask you Marky, is you know i want some advice uh from you for the listeners about how long you should you know, stick to a formula before you switch. Because I think many times consumers, they will try a product for three days and then say, no, I'm done. You know, and so... <laughs> yeah, so, three days is so harsh for us. Yeah, so yes. I, I want you to, I want you to tell us, you know, like how long should we be staying on one single formula, you know? Yeah, like, uh, so how do I say, like, let's say one month, but... But uh, but actually, so our our lipid recovery, acute lipid recovery mask. We we are having the face mask in the yeah. acuities, yeah. and uh, so this is a result. So you can see the before after result. Just one usage. It's like a fifteen minutes. Yeah, I so love it. Yeah, everybody. So because again, we actually we recommend our like a lipid recovery mask after the like a like a post post procedures in the yes. clinic. Yes. So like a, for example, in in if you go to the clinic and if you have a, like a micro needling or a laser treatment, so uh, your face is gonna be left right. It's a lot yeah. of like a uh, inflammation happening on the on the face. So that's why after the treatment, we really recommend to use our lipid recovery mask after the treatment, like for 15 minutes in the clinic. But the, there's a lot of people saying just after the 15 minutes, like yeah. redness, redness and irritation, it's gone. Wow. wow. So because, so, because we, I formulated very high, high dose of our compound in the, in the like a face mask, and then we also using biocellulose mask in the face. Mm. Have you ever had a biocellulose mask? Yeah, yeah, I've used it with my burn patients actually. Bi exactly. Biocellulose, yes. <laughs> so biocellulose mask is really good uh, for the like a 
penetrate, uh, penetration enhancement as well as like a cooling effect. That's yeah. why we, we pick up the biocellulose mask in our epicutes. And I'm gonna combine biocellulose mask and our, our compound, uh, we, the, which call it a TSC. So, and uh, I formulated a very high dose of a TSC. So we can see very instant results wow. in the, the face mask. No, I like that because you know what? Fat face masks are my favorite. I honestly, okay. I, say this, <laughs> I say this in every single podcast. I say, you know, my favorite type of product is a face mask because I feel like they're, you know, they're so targeted and I really, really love um, yours. I've tried them and I am obsessed and you definitely can see a difference, not only with the inflammation, but even with the plumping of your skin, your skin looks yeah. more hydrated. It's a great way to prep for your makeup application, great way to prep for, you know, anything if, in the day. So I, I think, yeah, I'm a huge fan. I mean, everything yeah, okay. that you've made. <laughs> Yes, and actually, so so because recovery face mask is so popular, it's becoming so popular. So we start developing neck and decollete mask as well. Oh wow! So different That's... shape, but uh, because neck and decollete is kind of the place you can see like an aging sign here. Right? You can see a lot of like a link here. So. Yeah. I really wanna care about neck and decollete. That's why we we also develop neck and decollete's mask, biocellulose mask. So actually, I I talk with biocellulose like a suppliers and then try to make a new shape for the neck and decollete mask. Wow! So we that's so uh, cool. We, yeah, we develop the shape uh, with uh, suppliers. So nobody know, nobody have our shape so this yeah. is only, this is only us well i'm gonna you have to send it to me when it's ready <laughs> yeah of course because i'm gonna send it to you you're gonna love it gonna i love know it. i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> advertise it everywhere i i love everything you make marky come on now <laughs> no i mean honestly this this is so cool you know to talk to you it's so surreal i'm such a fan you know when i first i for everyone listening when marky said yes to coming on the show i was like so starstruck because i've been following your work since Hadalabo and i've been oh my God, you know thank you I'm such a fan and you are truly, you know, sir, you are a scientist in the full form, you know, and I, I respect you so much for your work. So I just want to say thank you. And I want to say, you know, thank you for coming on the show and sharing course, your knowledge you with so us. Much. Yeah. Yeah. It, so I, I was so, yeah, it's so, honor, it's so honored to be here. And uh, it's, it's just so, and I'm, I'm so glad you knew how the level and then, yeah. and then, I'm so glad you love Epicutis. Absolutely. No, and yes. everyone listening, I'm going to link Hadalabo and Epicutis in the concept art. So make sure you check out both brands and just look at the form. I mean, everything that Marky has created, you can feel it. You know, as soon as you touch the product, you can feel the quality. You can feel how beautiful these products are, you know, and Epicutis is just hands down phenomenal brand phenomenal products you will definitely love it as soon as you try it so i huge huge recommendation here from my end as well you know check out the brand like we said i've also interviewed maxwell stock um you know and the ceo of signum and so i would love for you guys to really get your hands on epicutus just to you know get a feel for what we've discussed here and and really feel the the quality of marky's formulas because they're next level you know they're they're truly thank the best. you Yes, but and thank I, you I, very I, much. Yeah. Thank you. And I, I want to say one, one more thing. So yeah. 
So like all, all Epicutis product is preservative-free formulation. So that's really I wanted to do in the United States because there's mm. no no regulation about preservative. That's why I really want to deliver preservative-free formulation to the United States people. So so no irritation at all. So please try our product out and then feel it. Please. Absolutely. No, yeah. absolutely. I love that. And I love that. <laughs> I love that Epicutus is, you know, you guys are put, you, you're putting safety first. You know, that yeah. is the, at the end, at the end of the day, that's what we want from our brands. You know, we want that safety. We want that, you know, good formula that comes with the, the science and the knowledge. And so this is definitely a brand I recommend to everybody listening. You know, if you're looking for a new like product or set of products or a whole line, this is where you go. You know, this is the best of the best. So Thank you so much, Marky. This was such an honor to host you. And I'm such a fan and I always will be, but I can't wait. I'd love for you to come back anytime if you have time. To- uh, of course. Thank you so much for the inviting us. Thank you me. very much. And everyone listening, everyone listening, <laughs> make sure you uh, check out everything and um, I will link everything, like I said. But thank you for listening and I will be back next time. Thank you so much. <laughs>